Have you ever had those feelings where you just wanted to go and just tell yourself to get up off your ass and just wanted to go and take care and dominate some results with extra vigilance? Well, the similar situation happened to me. I was dealing with the of making quota on my sales and I hustled like I never hustled before. It was like I was talking to everybody. I got a couple of sales in the past few days and it definitely increased by 200%. I can tell you that much. To be honest, I I will tell you I was very gifted to have some social skills. But I wasn't born with them. That's the thing. So when you go and take a look at the modules that I have, really understand what it is that you're communicating with your guests and try to get them to say yes. If you click the link and check out the webinar, you will definitely have a better understanding about the quality of your your own efforts and this is the best way how especially in if you're in a career in sales so just come and check out the link bit.ly slash capital y-e-s capital f-o-r-m uh, this link definitely changed my life when it came to sales and i and i've never felt so passionate about a profession before and I really hope that you would definitely would be open to bettering yourself in a social manner. And I hope you guys have a good day. I'm going to post some more motivational stuff. I'm really liking Dan Pena's stuff, so I'm going to keep rolling with that. You know, it's all about high performance with him. And I think it's very true now. Because you may have some slumps, but that's just part of the struggle. Sometimes you have to be the one taking control of your own boat. But sometimes that's not even a boat. Some of you have motorcycles. Some of you have like freaking jets or whatever. But one thing is for certain. All of them have one thing in common. They need to keep moving their motor. And the motor is within the body. And that is what makes or breaks the results that you have in the outward areas of your life. If you want to change everything about your environment, it requires for you to get up off your ass, start your motor, and get that motor to produce your the results that you wanted. All right, this is Wisdom and Knowledge. You guys have a wonderful day. God bless. We, we talk about commitment actually later today, but I'm gonna do it now while I'm thinking about it. You know, the difference when I tell you I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it. Uh, Klaus Kleinfeld, who's up there in, uh, on the Hall of Fame, uh, uh, a number of years ago, um, I was supposed to meet him at the Frankfurt uh, Airport. And uh, I was introducing him to some uh, luminaries, one of which I believe was the managing partner for uh, Pricewaterhouse Coopers uh, for Germany. 
Um, and um, I was involved in a, a very serious accident in Cabo San Lucas, uh, racing dune buggies with my two sons. So when I showed up at the airport, Vinica, who some of you have talked to, right? Vinica, yeah. okay. Bless you. you. Pushes me in in a wheelchair into this restaurant that they're wearing white gloves, tails, you know, just like you eat at home every day, right? White gloves and tails. Uh, and I'm slumped over like this, and I have one of these uh, uh, metallic uh, blankets, you know, that the Red Cross put on you when you're, you know, you're almost dead. And so they push me, and I'm like this, and, and Klaus is about where Matt is, and, and I look up, and he says, God Almighty, Dan, what's wrong? What happened to you? Why are you here? She pushes me a little farther, and I said, Whitaker, could you straighten my head out, please? So she takes me by the ear like this, and, and kind of, you have to know Winnika. Winnika's a tough bitch. She kind of pulls my head up like this, and I'm talking, because so I, I didn't want to talk to him like this. And I said, I told you I'd be here. Now, what had happened to me is I was racing dune buggies, and I, going about 50, 60 miles an hour, I hit a, a boulder or a rock I didn't, under the sand, and the dune buggy went up in the air and flipped and landed back down on me, and it cracked my sternum, collapsed all my lungs, punctured my liver, punctured my spleen, punctured part of one of the main vein, uh, things that go to your heart, um, broke eight ribs, did all kind of shit to me, almost died. And all the stories you hear about medicine in third world countries is true. Shattered my collarbone. My collarbone was just had fragments sticking out like this. And so I told my oldest son, whatever happens, don't let me go unconscious. So every time I started to go unconscious, he slapped me. And so my younger son said, are you fucking crazy? Dad's going to fucking kill you. And every time I start to, every time I start to go unconscious, he'd slap me. So I go, they get me into the hospital. Uh, and uh, now I got bones sticking out my fucking shoulder. And the uh, Mexican doctors... Look at me like this is, we think you have a uh, fractured clavicle. <laughs> we, we think. We think. You know, and I wasn't in the mood for any. And so then and I, happened, I had $700 in my wallet. Uh, and uh, that's exactly what my bill was, $700 cash. I, like a coincidence. <laughs> like a coincidence. Uh, it took me a couple of days. I finally got a plane out. Uh, but I was there to meet Klaus. Klaus says he still remembers that when he thinks he's, he's got a cold or he's not going to go to a meeting. And he has a flashback from that. Now, why was I like that? Well, the reason why I was like that is because when I was six years old, I landed in La Havre, France. My dad was a head of the um, CID, Criminal Investigation Division of the United States Army Europe during the Korean War. Uh, and uh, we, uh, my mother and I uh, sailed across the Atlantic to meet him. And he, was gonna, he said, I'll pick you up, son. He, uh, a long-distance phone call, a long-distance phone calls in those days you couldn't hear and it was all scratchy. I'll be there, son. Okay. So he's at La Havre. He picks me up, picks us up. So I go to put my arms around him to give him a hug. I bring my hands back, like in a horror movie, massive, just blood all over. So I said, Daddy, Daddy, what happened? What happened? He said, don't worry about it. Said, don't worry about it. And he takes me, you know, like this, this walk to the limo, or the, the, where his driver was. He had just had surgery 
they took a tumor out of his back and he wouldn't let them put them under a general anesthetic, only a local. And he had a 45 automatic on his chest with mirrors to watch the surgeon because he had a lot of top secret information. He was the head of the CID, etc. cetera. Uh, and uh, just stitch me up. I gotta go pick up my son. So when you've seen that, when you're six, you're not gonna let all that shit that happened to me not fulfill a commitment. Now you might have a migraine or you've got diarrhea and you'll miss a meeting. That's the difference. When I tell you, of course the, other, the, the corollary of that is when I say I'm gonna fuck you up, I mean I'm gonna fuck you up. That's just not, not a fucking metaphor. And when I say I'm accused of, I wouldn't say this on YouTube, I'm gonna kill your children, your grandchildren, your goldfish and everybody in your extended family, people believe me. Of course, that's all myth. That's all myth. But commitment, these guys understood. These guys can't spell it. Because they're lazy, the millennials are lazy cunts. And like I said, he'd have to convince me to put money in his deal that the millennials need to be survive this planet, which I don't believe they do. Now I may be convinced, convinced different and I'm gonna take a lot of flack for this, but I don't give a shit, it's the truth. Now speaking of flack, uh, Brian Quantum Leap Rose was on TED's program. I don't know what that means. TED Talk, I don't know what that is. Um, uh, but um, he, he gave uh, apparently the seminar, me, the castle, etc. a shout out again, which I still don't know what that means. Uh, and, um, but I haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I'm sure he did well um, because he practiced. Uh, and he, now he practices for a different reason. He practices because he's an MIT engineer and a lot of uh, what he does is associated with his self-esteem and so he likes to do things perfectly. That's why his, his um, YouTube things are so uh, orchestrated so well. Okay, uh, thank you very much YouTubers. We'll talk to you later tonight.